You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we are looking at... Um, box set, quote unquote, two, Space 1999 from Big Finish, which is the third Space 1999 release from them, but this is volume two. So just don't get confused. This is the one that has Mooncatcher, Journey's End, and uh, Earthbound, not in that order. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start, we're going to look at all three episodes. Uh, Mooncatcher is a standalone in Journey's End and Earthbound. Uh, or Earthbound and Journey's End are a two-parter, so we'll look at them separately. Let's look at Mooncatcher first. Eleven months after leaving Earth's orbit, the Alphans are celebrating the birth of the first child on Alpha. Everyone except Paul, that is, who's a big party pooper. While on watch in main mission, he intercepts transmissions from an object designated Delta-1. Reluctantly, Koenig agrees to allow Paul and Victor to investigate the mysterious not-natural object. It is alive, and it captures spacecraft to feed upon the crews. Eagle 5 is caught, and Paul and Victor are infected by the creature's feeding apparatus. As the creature penetrates their minds, they begin to hallucinate. Paul, in particular, begins reliving his ill-fated love affair and engagement, which fell apart because of his commitments to Moonbase Alpha. Koenig and Dr. Russell fly out in a rescue eagle and free the others, returning to Alpha, but Delta-1 is following them. Alpha personnel evacuate to the deep-level safety zones. Alpha is being assaulted by the polyps from Delta-1. Although Morrow and Bergman are supposed to quarantine in the Eagle, Morrow decides to leave. The rest of the Alphans begin to experience the mind-influencing effects of Delta-1. Only Helena and Commissioner Simmons are bloody-minded enough to resist the creature. Morrow leaves Bergman to go on a mission. Bergman arrives at the crew just in time to stop them all from walking out on the surface. Morrow launches Eagle 10 with nuclear waste aboard. Delta-1 takes Eagle 10 into itself, and it explodes, killing Delta-1 and Paul Morrow. Who am I kidding? They'll never kill a major character like Morrow. (laughs) He placed the Eagle on remote control and wasn't aboard. Okay, that's that's it for Mooncatcher. What did you think? It was it was pretty good. I I, I, um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, took a, a couple seconds to uh, realize that they the, the the characters weren't actually daydreaming, but they were actually having these hallucination of of, mm. of past experiences. Um, it's like oh, why are their minds wandering so much? Oh well, yeah, it's got to have something to do with the story. Oh yeah, it does. Ah. They think they're reliving it. Oh dear. I think it's, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about the story. I mean, it was okay. Don't get me wrong. I didn't, I didn't. Oh no, it, it wasn't the most solid of stories, but you know, it was okay sci-fi. Yeah. It, it, what I, I do appreciate a lot of the concept to it, that there's this outer mm-hmm. space creature that it, you know, whether or not there's enough matter out there for it to feed off of in space, that's another story. But you know the 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 idea. It's not just the planet of the week. It's not just the, you know, the the, the funny aliens with the bumpy foreheads uh, come right. out to to right. talk to the alphans. It is a different concept, and 
I like the fact that we had to pull this whole concept of Koenig weighing the risks versus, uh, you know, Bergman's. Uh, I, I love this version of Professor Bergman uh, across the board. This this is the mm-hmm. Bergman we should have had in the original <laughs> series, yes. right? And the, and he, he as I think there's there's a line in Planet of the Apes or something like that where uh, uh, Taylor says about. Uh, I think it's Lodge. I think Lodge is the scientist, if I recall correctly. And he says, I understand Lodge. Lodge, had, or actually it's not Taylor, it says it's the other one, but Lodge would walk barefoot naked into a volcano if he could learn something new. <laughs> yes. That's him, right? That's Bergman. Yeah. Yep. That is that is absolutely Bergman in this. He he gets lost in the, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Oh, we're dying, but oh, look at the stuff. This is cool. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he, it, I... Yeah, I, I do really like uh, that aspect of it. I, I think probably where it fails for me is there is this uh, tendency in, in drama uh, to, to think we care about the people's emotions. And I don't actually care about Paul's failed love life. <laughs> right? I mean, it's supposed to flesh the character out. And, and to be fair, you know, in the series, he was a character that was not very fleshed out. And so, you know, they're, they're building him up here because he's a major mm-hmm. character of this show ongoing for now on. And, and yeah, they wanted to give him a little, uh, a little Some bit of backstory. a backstory and, and, you know, maybe coming. understand where he is with Sandra, you know, he's, yeah. he's coming yeah. from that kind of, I've been burned and lost. And so he, you know, maybe he's a little gun shy kind of thing. So, yeah, he's but trying to provide more investment in the character for the, the listeners, you know, and that's yeah. fine. That's what you need in a, a show. So it, it just, it just, I wasn't all that interested in that particular story. It was that, that part of it was, oh, you've got this girl, her parents don't like you. Oh, your work conflicts. Oh, you're, you're, you're doing exactly like Commander Straker did in UFO. <laughs> yeah. Which I should mention, Pig Finish have announced they're going to be doing UFO next. Oh, nice. Nice. I wonder yeah. who's going to be uh, on the cast. I think they've announced it already. I just don't remember off the top of my head. But I'll uh, have to go look anyway. that up. D- back to the thing. Anyway, you know, and then he loses her. She gets pregnant and then child. And then that's uh, okay, fine. And she marries some other guy. You're right. She's like, eh, I'm just going to marry this other guy because I'm knocked up and I need a husband. So, uh, right. you know, very 1999 attitude. Um, <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's funny that we're still, you know, it's the year 2000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's August of 2000. It's just... It's like, yeah, this is it's that weird alternate cool timeline that we got cheated out of because of probably Reaganomics. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't know. Remember, in that timeline, the Earth is pretty much destroyed. So, I, you know, I think we... Yeah, we but got, if we were uh, on Alpha, it would be okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Life is yeah. just great on Alpha. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't, so, don't be influenced by aliens and go for a long walk on the lunar surface. Yeah, there is that. There is, there yeah. is that part, yeah. So it was, in that respect, it was all right. I, what I do really love about it, and I think I've mentioned this before. I'm sure I mentioned this before. Um, you know, Moonbase Alpha, Moonbase, the original Space 1999 had this, John Koenig is God. Everyone else is a stupid idiot who will easily do whatever the dumbest possible thing is. Right. And will they will come under the influence of the aliens. They will be the ones. John will be the only one who's, whose rugged manly individualism allows him to stand above the others and save the day. And I think it's been defined as bloody mindedness. 
Yeah, in this in this episode, it's his mind is bloody mindedness, and it's Helena. Yes, you know she is the worst in in the original series because she is always getting taken over or or just like mm-hmm. oh, yeah, why don't we? That sounds like a good idea, John. Why don't we let the aliens come over and take us? In? It's like exactly. Why? We should all do this. You know, let's move yeah. to the planet. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. So I. I like the fact that they're going to divvy this around. I, I hope they're going to divvy it around, at least consistently with the characters. That she is she is not the damsel in distress, uh, and which I don't think she, in a way, she wasn't in the in in the original series either. But that you know she she's a decent she's a decent character. I like her character. I do not like her character in the original series. Um, and you know she calls Commissioner Simmons exactly what he is uh, from time. <laughs> From time to time. Often. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, in the series, I think she was a better researcher than a physician. Okay, fair enough. This one, she doesn't do much medical in, to be fair. Yeah, no. She has an entire staff of highly qualified doctors and nurses to do all that stuff. They can do all that, yeah. She manages and then... Saving lives and stuff. Solves big problems. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like... I like what they're doing here with the Space 1999. I really mm-hmm. like what they're doing here with the Space 1999. I, I think, you know, this one is a little bit of, say, filler, but it's a little bit filler because, you know, w- we've got Earthbound coming up. And, and for people who know there's Space 1999, Earthbound's a big story because that's where we kill off Commissioner Simmons. Yep. Uh, Bye bye. Bye bye. That was, you know, a great, <laughs> a great event, and we have been, we have all been eagerly anticipating it. Yeah. And this yeah. one is Ooh, just kind of yeah. filling in the box uh, uh, to get there. I, I don't, I don't know that. Oh, here's another example of things that you can't do. They couldn't do in the original. One of my favorites is the whole Alan Carter is the pilot, John Koenig is the commander. They're on an eagle. Alan Carter should be taking precedence. They've got to. They've got to throw a switch to save the day. Carter is the pilot. They're under heavy gravity, and and he's almost. He's he's gonna save. Uh, no, I fell back, and then John Koenig has to flip the switch. <laughs> right? It's, it doesn't. It it just always comes back to John Koenig. No, how no matter how trivial it is, I love the fact Victor Bergman had to talk him through how to get the creature off his eagle. It's like you run a diagnostic yeah. program and power the 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 energy, the motors yeah. through the hull. Generally, it's like, uh, yeah, okay, I know you can do that. Uh, remind me, where is that, Victor? Uh, activate the cleaning cycle. Yeah, I cleaning think, cycle in the it? maintenance panel or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. And uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, fair enough. I mean, John probably doesn't clean the eagles very often. It's not his job. Right. On the other hand, it's not Victor's <laughs> job either, but hey. Uh, he just knows designed them. them. He probably exactly. designed them. I was going to say, he probably knows a lot about them because he probably has a signature on the blueprints. <laughs> it's quite possible. It's mm-hmm. quite possible. He designed a lot of the stuff on Moonbase. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it was it was all right. And, you know, the, the they get the psych out there of, of killing Paul. They really did make it look like they got him. Yeah, that they was really, really good. And, and and then it's like, wow, well, you, you fooled me there for a second. You're going to kill Paul. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, when they did that, I, I said to myself, I said to myself, well, I actually am having some problems with the fact that the same actor 
is playing Paul Morrow and Alan Carter. Mm-hmm. Even though he's doing the Australian accent when he's doing Carter, they sound enough alike that I have trouble telling who's talking. And yes. I and I my first thought was maybe they figured that out and they decided to minimize one role. But no, that's just wishful thinking on my part because they didn't kill Paul Morrow in this. They he did it all by remote, which is another example of something John Koenig would have done in the original series mm-hmm. because he had to do it. And it's sort of like the John Koenig show. So I don't have a lot on this one, though. Do you have anything? No, no. I, you know, I like the description of the, the creature Delta One, you know, of, of being this like crystalline flower that's opening up and there's all sorts of uh, creatures entombed inside of it and stuff. That was kind of neat. But, yeah, yeah. Cra- crashed spacecraft. That's a. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, uh, one thing I was thinking, uh, you know, after it blew up, um, depending on how far away it was from Alpha or the, the moon itself, you know, do you think there are, are salvage teams that go out and scour the moonscape looking for alien technology that survives explosions that are in close proximity? I would hope so. But yeah, I mean, that would, you know, that would be a useful resource. I think that's always been one of the flaws with the original series is that they'd have spaceships crash and all sorts of things out there. And it's like, yeah, you know, you really want that ship, right? Mm -hmm. Find a way, find a way to grab a tow that thing in and crash it on the surface of the planet. Right. Eventually nothing else. There are materials. Right. You're going to find some hardware on there that you're going to be able to power up and use. You know, it might be a faster technology that you might be able to understand or. or Exactly. Exactly. I kind of got the feeling that that as the series progressed, they were definitely learning more stuff. Uh, The the manipulation of gravity was a little bit better towards some of the other uh, later episodes, if I remember right. And I think some few other things, too, you know. Yeah, but I don't know if they got that from alien tech. Right. I don't think they learned that from dealing with the aliens. I think they just did that because Victor Bergman is smart. <laughs> right. I think he just keeps. But it could be a way to describe or to explain away. Uh, you know, we need to come up with a new cool thing that the Eagles can do or, you know, that sort of thing later on in the episode. I would I would idea. love for them to do some of that in this in these stories, in these space 1999 box. Just just once, just once take possession of some alien technology mm. from a wrecked ship or something that you yeah. encountered and adapt it to something useful on Moonbase Alpha to help you guys out, so right? To make, to make life a little better. Drive. Yeah, the, or this is a yeah. better this is a better asteroid defense shield or whatever it is. Exactly, if, exactly. If they do that, and it's fine. Alpha doesn't have to remain permanently lodged in September 13th, 1999 technology. It it can grow and adapt mm-hmm. uh, because they're still isolated. Uh, yep. Maybe you don't want to give them something that's too powerful, like a wormhole drive to pilot the moon, but well, at least something to predict them, perhaps. Who knows? I don't think they'll shy away from that on the show. I just don't know if they are in these, these uh, audio adventures, but... Yeah, one can hope, but yeah, that might inadvertently take into a direction that they might lose control of the original intention of the series. But it would be interesting, well, you know, literally yeah, living I, off the land. <laughs> I think 
I think the people doing the show um, have give a lot of thought. You know, the, the, all the things that so far, all the things that Space 1999 has been famously lambasted for, uh, they have at least tried to pay some sort of pseudo scientific lip service to, mm-hmm. to, to get around how ridiculous some of the premise is, and and they've thought about it, right? They've this does not seem to be the kind of series where they forget everything that happened in the previous one. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so um, failing that for Mooncatcher, let's take a look at the two parter uh, earthbound and journey's end. And I'll, I'll do these synopses, uh, slightly separately, but, uh, but we'll do this all at once. Episode synopsis earthbound. At the regular command meeting, John Koenig opens the floor for issues. Commissioner Simmons once again brings up his idea that they should work towards building a new Queller drive, recreate the wormhole, and return to Earth. Koenig shoots him down. It's impossible, and this isn't a democracy. And with that, Simmons' like-minded followers spring into action, taking main mission and indeed all of Alpha by force. Time to invoke a little democracy at gunpoint into the fate of the Alphans. Koenig will make a fact-based case for continuing on their existing plans, and Simmons will appeal to the emotions of the Alphans. A vote will be held for the direction of Alpha. Not literally, of course. Alpha will continue on its course, but (laughs) how they set their priorities and how they allocate their time and resources. John, Helena, and Victor make the case that they don't know where Earth is. They do not have the resources to build spacecraft, and you cannot change the laws of physics and invent faster than light travel. Simmons tries a different approach. We're the best, and as long as we dream, nothing can stop us. That shit works, and Simmons narrowly wins the vote. Project Earthbound will commence immediately. He then cannily turns command back to Koenig, saying, I just promised them that you'll deliver them the Earth. Time passes, and they keep running up against the wall we call reality. And they're burning out senior staff like Sandra. Cultural divides have formed between the brutish thugs working the halls and the so-called main mission elite. They think they're stalling, and that perhaps a few beatings might get them motivated. Helena is forced to stun one of them when they attack Sandra outside the medical section. And then an alien spacecraft on a collision course with Alpha comes along. But there are no eagles to defend Alpha as they are all out looking for resources on Simmons' orders. Alan Carter makes it back just in time, but lasers don't work. So he rams the craft with his eagle, causing it to crash and destroying his ship and killing Alan Carter. Who am I kidding? They'll never kill a major character like Carter. He survives the crash, just barely. Setting up a connection with the alien craft, Koenig, Bergman, and Dr. Russell board the ship. Inside, they find cryogenic sleepers. When a reawakening cycle on one of the chambers seems to go wrong, Russell tries to help, but it causes the death of the occupant. The other awaking alien grabs Helena and has a mind meld with her, learning what happened, our language, and that she was trying to help. He forgives her. In fact, he's quite reasonable and non-aggressive. They were heading to Earth, but their ship got confused because it was looking for Earth's moon before finishing the journey to Earth. Now that they know the error, the ship can continue to Earth. 
Simmons seizes upon this and suggests in private to Koenig that they should seize the alien craft for a return trip to Earth. That's the end of Earthbound and Journey's End episode synopsis. While Victor is studying the Caldosian ship, the remaining crew awaken and communication is lost with Bergman. Simmons leaps to the worst possible scenario, and Helena automatically defends Xantor and his people. It has not escaped anyone's attention that Helena seems to be very defensive of Xantor. Could she be under some form of mental influence? John has a heart-to-heart talk with her, trying to find out if she is under the fluence. She explains how deep her connection to Xantor is and that she and John missed their moment. Koenig didn't even know there'd been a moment. <laughs> the, pr- the problem with Victor was a miscommunication, but Simmons is still in favor of seizing Xantor's ship. Helena strongly opposes that. In the absence of action on Koenig's part, Simmons tries to take the ship, but he is thwarted by Koenig and Bergman. Xantor offers to take one human back to Earth, Helena. Everyone in Alpha knows how close Koenig and Russell have become. Everyone except Koenig, perhaps. And they all try to tell him to go first to get that girl. Even Simmons knows that Koenig needs Russell by his side for Alpha to succeed. Helena decides to go, and John, being the stand-up guy he is, lets her go. This doesn't sit well with Simmons, and he storms the ship, destroying the cryopod. He doesn't want to return to Earth himself, but he cannot allow Helena to go. Xantor's ship is already pre-programmed and will take off in moments. Paul arrives, trying to stop Simmons, but he gets stunned, forcing Helena to flee the ship. Simmons tries to drag Paul out, but he doesn't have the time. The ship departs, but the Caldosians are asleep, and Paul has no cryopod. He apologizes via comlock to Sandra and tells her he loves her before his signal cuts out. At the next command briefing, Alan Carter is promoted to moon base controller, and Simmons offers his apologies. He was only trying to save Helena and to save Moonbase Alpha. Bergman reveals that Xantor gave him an artifact picked up on an alien world containing what they thought to be Earth writing. It is in Sanskrit, and Kano will set to work translating it. Perhaps man's destiny is in the stars. Koenig addresses Alpha. While they will reprioritize their workloads, he will recommit to continuing Project Earthbound. The end. Okay. Earthbound and Journey's End. Thoughts? Well, I I think when I first started listening to it, I sent you a message saying, oh, boy, Simmons is really uh, in fine form. I I can't wait until I see what happens to him, you know, kind of in a knowing (laughs) way. Well, I was was surprised by that. Uh, I really Uh, figured that he would end up the same fate as in the TV series. uh Nope. 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 They decided to leave him on and be the... uh, yeah, foil, uh, annoyance, uh, nasty politician. Wow. Here is the here is their opportunity to do what we were just talking about. Yeah. Simmons has to have learned from this. It will be very interesting to see if they can make the character grow and you know, they, learn from its mistakes and hopefully not repeat them. <laughs> we, you know, we've already was seen getting better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've already seen in in some of the early episodes that you know he isn't the uh, the Doctor Smith type character that you kind of figured right. he would be. You know, he he does have some use. He does have some use, but he admits it in this very episode. I'm the odd man out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I that don't was have any great place to here. say that. Nobody likes me. I don't yep. have any function on Alpha. You know, he he is he is the odd man out, and 
shocking self-awareness for a politician. Yep. And also, <laughs> you know, Helena at one point said, you know, I thought you were, I thought I was beginning to see some good in you or something like that. And of course, this, this whole event flips it over on, on the head. But, you know, that's exactly mm -hmm. right. In, in some of the earlier episodes, Simmons was <clears throat> awful. And, uh, and then he, he was getting better. I mean, yeah. it was a necessity and I really appreciated that. And I think it was, it's interesting. We've been listening. I've been listening to the behind the scenes stuff and the actor who plays Simmons obviously knows his space 1999 because he knows exactly where Simmons is going. Um, talking about yep. earthbound coming up and uh, how much he's enjoyed playing the part and how much he's enjoyed being able to put some, put some dimensions to a, a character that was relatively underserved in the, in the original series. And I, I think, well, they it all was just... supposed to be a, a major character in the original series, you know? <clears throat> yeah, but he was a, he was a strange character because he was trapped on the moon in the first episode. And then he disappears completely for, seven eight episodes and then suddenly he pops up being a pain in the rear about we got to get back to earth we got to get back to earth we've told you yeah, we can't get yeah. back to earth and then you know and then they they kill him off it's like it's like those two episodes should have been back to back yes yeah actually yeah, that and, probably uh, would have made a lot more sense I, I figure he was probably just going from department to department trying to find something <laughs> to do and failing miserably at all of them yeah boy it, it, yeah, it's hard not seeing Brexit parallels here, is there? Well, not just Brexit parallels, you know, parallels <laughs> in other uh, other countries' politics as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, <laughs> wow, I, yeah, I, no I kidding. I felt like there were a couple lines in here that made me really think about that this was Brexit. You know, this is this is a combination of here's reality on our side and here's political BS. We're fantastic. Right. We'll do so much better than, you know, you naysayers say we can't do these things and it'll be a disaster, but I have, have to hope do and dream. Put our like, mind to it and we can succeed. Saying, oh, sure. Right. And splits right down the, you know, right down the middle. And, and yeah, it, yeah. it was kind of hard not to, to see that, to yeah. see that parallel there. Because it really is that issue. It's like, this is impossible. You are literally voting for something that your experts say cannot be done. Mm -hmm. the, the people who are supposed to know say, you can't do this. We don't have the resources to do this. We don't have the technology to do this. We, we don't have the physics to do this. Right. We, we don't even know do what direction to point the rocket in. We don't know where to go. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And like, it should have been a slam dunk. It should have been a slam dunk for Koenig's uh, position. And yet, Simmons managed to to pull it out. Yeah, exactly. With, with you know, double talk and uh, misdirection. It, it, mm -hmm. Misdirection isn't even the right word. It's just like you know, thought you were I, a dreamer. Right? We're all dreamers, right? We we can do anything because nobody's oh, going to yeah. vote for no. We can't do that. It's like yeah, you know, yep. we are amazing. We can do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we can do things. Uh huh. <laughs> Pulled out all the weasel words. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I did not like was, and it, it it partially comes down to the acting, and it partially comes down to what they were trying to get to that I just didn't think worked. The thugs in the hallway. <laughs> 
yeah, it'd be kind of rough if, you know, if we were going to have to yeah, rough up a little bit. I mean, it's like, where did they hire these? There he is. <laughs> when did they get thugs on Moonbase Alpha? Oh, that's uh, <laughs> Central Casting Luna uh, Division. I think one of those was Nick Briggs. I'm not 100% sure. Could have, it probably was. It <laughs> so, probably was, you know, hey, come over here. Yes. So, Put down that script you're editing. We're, you main mission elites. Oh, man. That Us was, versus them, yeah. That was really laying on a little bit, <laughs> little bit thick there, maybe. <clears throat> I think after that, uh, Koenig would probably put those guys on uh, lunar surface cleanup detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he should. Uh, yeah. Or lunar latrine cleanup detail. Yeah, go find dig some a latrine. artifacts. You go dig a latrine, and then we're going to carry this stuff out, and you're going to bury it. Um, you guys are now assigned to go clean up the uh, what's left of the radioactive waste. <laughs> yeah, the nuclear sectors. waste facilities, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Give it a good dusting. That's your, that's your job. Suits optional. Suits optional. Boys. Exactly. We suggest it, but you know, we, we can't make up your mind for you. I do think it's an interesting dynamic to put Koenig in, <laughs> though. I mean, you have 50% of the people who are not with you. How, right. how do you command? Right, exactly. That's going to really wear on him, knowing yeah. that there are 50% of the people on Moonbase that may not have your back when you need them to have your back. Yeah. I mean, what if they, they all decide that, yeah, we, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the Caledonians have left. Uh, we're still not making any progress. I think we should take some Eagles and go strike out on our own. Yeah. That could be really bad or, or terrorists even. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I think we could have, I think it's interesting at the end where he, he basically gets on the, the thing and says, okay, well, you guys voted for this. We're going to, there's going to be some changes, but we're not going to give up. And I think that's all you really needed to do. I think he needs to, to scale it back to a believable number of hours and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, perhaps work up a Gantt chart that, that says, uh, cause this is 2000. They were still right. using Gantt charts. They weren't using these newfangled. <clears throat> these newfangled waterfalls and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. but, uh, mm-hmm. You know, they make up the chart that says, you know, here are some boxes like Victor Bergman overturns physics and discovers <laughs> fast and light drive. And, but We're once he does that, those as milestones. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a milestone. He does that. And then we can move on to the next step. Now there's some parallel events. Uh, Dr. Russell invents a new form of cryogenic suspension. Mm-hmm. Or no, she doesn't invent it. Uh, Eagle it. crews find find the materials needed for her to make cryogenic pots. So no eagles find it. Doctor Russell doesn't have to work on it until That's we get. Point. Yeah, the, you know, you could do that, and then you could allocate a certain number of hours. It's like, hey, you've got main mission duty. You you pull a, uh, you know, and I don't want to say an eight hour shift, but let's say an eight hour shift and a two hour shift on Project Earthbound or whatever it works out to be and not run these people ragged and say, right. Look, we get results, we get results, but don't sit there and try beating people up or I will stick a laser up your butt and fire it. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is, you know, what long walk out of a short airlock. Yep. Um, we are working towards it, but 
let's not sugarcoat this. This is not possible. Yeah. Or, or so unlike. But the, the nice thing about this episode is we are given a glimpse that it is possible. Exactly. There is hope, actually. There is a way that this could happen. Mm-hmm. Would stealing the Caldosian ships be the right answer? I think no, from a moral perspective. But it does say that, you know, uh, if the Caldosians make it to Earth, maybe the Caldosian technology could find the moon again. True, true. And who's to say that the Caldosians are going to get to the Earth in what humans would consider a reasonable length of time? I mean, 20,000 <clears> years might be their journey. Yeah, we don't know. We don't right. know how They've got how cryogenics. They don't have to go very fast. And they had a computer link up, so they may have some technology or some information that they got from the Caldosians computers that would uh, help them on their mm-hmm. journey. So it's it's not impossible. And Koenig is very shrewd in that last moment to to you know kind of take this. We're we're just going to do this smarter, right? Right. We're not. We're not. It's not. Don't work harder. Work smarter. Exactly. Yep. So um, uh, yeah, yeah. Good on that. Uh, let's see. And they did kill off Paul, apparently, at the end. There's some minor hope that he might have, he might have survived, but we will not. Yeah, he might have. Would appear we will not see Paul again. Yeah. No, yeah, maybe not. I mean, maybe we'll get a transmission from him or. More likely flashbacks or hallucinations on Sandra's part, because they'll have the actor handy. You know, that's very true. It's not like they fired him. Right. I mean, if there are episodes that kind of parallel the series i mean they they will get to talk to earth in the future uh, which possibly doesn't work well for the alphans they don't quite make it back to earth <laughs> not, not, not quite. but yeah so there's a possibility that you know there could be a name drop of oh yes he arrived 150 years ago or something like that or this know. is dr morrow from earth base <laughs> One. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah. Oh, that was my great 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 granddad who came back with the Caldosians. Exactly. He, ha- he left me a note. Cool. He left me a note. Uh, Sandra, kisses. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but uh, I was I mean, to tell you. <laughs> it was it was in the vault for when we ever contact you. Though I'm supposed exactly. to open this safe and take this note out and read it, and that's what it, mm-hmm. that's what it was. So I don't know that I like Alan Carter being promoted to mission controller or whatever his well, title he'll, is. He'll still have the option of being shot at by Koning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I Less do kind mysterious, of but yes. I I do kind of like the like is the wrong word. Appreciate? How about let's go with appreciate. In the original series, particularly towards the beginning, what was Alan Carter? He was an eagle pilot. Actually, and no, he was going to go to um... Meta, no. In the original series, no, he was an Eagle pilot who was training me. He was in charge of the astronaut training program. Right. He's, he's right. the head astronaut on Alpha. He was not going to Meta. Oh, okay. Um, right. Conflating it with the other series. And and I think he was a backup for the in the in the big finish. But it, either way, it, it doesn't matter. No, what I was getting at was he was a bright jerk. <laughs> so bit, he was yeah. He he was definitely argumentative with the commander, and he would frequently take a different position than the commander, uh, a more of a hot-headed position or 
whatever it is. So in a way, I appreciate the fact that Alan is the one in the group that's kind of like, well, you know, why not, Commander? Why not try to find a way to get back to Earth? Mm-hmm. Right? That that did fit with him, but he wasn't the hot-headed jerkwad that he was in some of the early episodes of the the original series. So they have taken that aspect of Carter and they they pinned that on exactly the right guy, right? So um, because he's the one that Simmons like, yeah, you know, what if, maybe you could find some rocks for me. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, why not? Um, it's a good understanding of the characters as they were meant to be portrayed in Space 1999, but they they weren't. You know, Bergman is the character that if you looked at him on paper in the original series, you'd go, that's who Victor Bergman is. But instead, he's like the old guy that's like talking mystic nonsense. Yes, yes. And Helen is supposed to be this fantastic doctor, but her her diagnostic rate is zero. And <laughs> her patients die constantly. She's a terrible doctor and a terrible diagnostician. And, you know, it, it really is... Uh, uh, appalling how awful she was but on paper she should have been fantastic koenig should have been a great leader he should have been jim kirk of Moonbase mm-hmm. alpha but he, Only he wasn't to delegate <laughs> but he wasn't right he was he was always making stupid emotional decisions that would work out for him because the writers let him right win that way right oh i'd rather feel than think his words exactly from one yep. of the episodes I'd rather feel than think. No, that is not John Coney. That should not be the commander of Moonbase Alpha, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's and you get your troops killed. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, 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 yeah, I do. I do genuinely appreciate what they've done here. Well, you know, in, at the time when that when 1999 was originally out, I mean, you didn't have heroes that were like that. I mean, you had uh, heroes that would you know, like shoot the bad guys or you know escape from certain death. I'm you, just gonna you didn't need point that out dimension. that you had you had Captain Kirk. All right, yeah. Okay, there was Kirk. And but, and that's who they were comparing him to when they were when the series came out. I mean, that was the archetype that they were that they were comparing him to. And it's just like I you could have been a you could have made a different commander than Kirk, just like they did with Picard. He is not Kirk, but he is also an admirable leader. Mm-hmm. Koenig Really, when you analyze these things, were bad. This Koenig makes some pretty good decisions, and he also makes some tough decisions. And, for example, is he really entertaining the idea of seizing Xantor's ship? Hard to tell. Obviously, he doesn't want to do it, and he doesn't think it's the right thing to do. Right, but he has to consider the possibilities that that might be what's best for Alpha. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he does have to weigh that. He, he's he's got to take into consideration that if they maybe if he doesn't do that, they may have a civil war and then they all die. Yeah, I appreciate him in this in this series. Let's say which way do I want to go here? Do I want to go with the sci-fi angle or do I want to go with the melodrama angle? Take your point. Which one? Which one do we do first? Yeah, sci-fi. Sci-fi. Okay. I also greatly appreciate the mind link. <laughs> the fact. That everyone there is like, I, I can't actually tell if Helena's mind has been taken over. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, yep. it's a legitimate possibility. Helena is definitely coming to Xantor's defense mm-hmm. over Alpha. 
And I suppose it could be exactly what Xantor says it is. Right. Two people's minds and told, you know, you completely trust this person. You know them, you trust them. You've got a, a, a basically a lifetime's dependence right. on each other. 20 or 30 years of, of memories and, and, well, not quite memories, but that, yeah. that confidence that you know the other person well enough to understand their point of view. And if Xantor is as great a guy as he seems to be. Mm hmm then Helen is completely justified in her positions. Exactly. She, you know, everyone else has got to go, I don't know. I mean, Xantor could be lying. <laughs> right? Yeah, we can't tell. We just met the guy. We can't tell, but he, he sounds too good to be true, frankly. I mean, everything he says is incredibly re reasonable. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. He's, he's like, yeah, we want to take you down and run you through the lab. Yeah, okay, I, I'd do that. I, that makes perfect yeah, sense to me. That. Go ahead. Yeah, mm -hmm. Sure. I got nothing to hide. Let's go. And, yeah. and that that's good. He could still be lying. And of course he could still be lying. And Helena, he might, instead of a connection with Helena for his real story, maybe he connected to Helena with a false narrative. Right. She can't know that. We can't know mm -hmm. that. Everyone in alpha, except for Helena can look at that and go, I don't, there's no way for us to know. Right, and, until it's proven by experience. And at least Helena sort of at one moment in the conversation with John sort of acknowledges the concept that they can't know. Yeah. It's like, I'm not. I promise I'm not. I, I, I know me and I'm not. But yeah, that that is probably one of the most interesting uses of mind communing, influencing I've seen in a science fiction story and we never mm -hmm. kind of never really get the answer. Right. All we know is that when Xantor left, uh, you know, the, the mind like dissolved or went away. Maybe he did it. Maybe it happens from distance. We don't even know that. It just literally. Yeah. That was very well done. And I, again, I appreciate the fact, even John Koenig is sitting there going, yeah, I have to take that into, I mean, I trust you, Helena, but I yeah, have to take yeah. into account that, the alien's been in your mind. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, oh, <laughs> what do we do here, huh? <laughs> if his job wasn't hard enough already, he has, has this story about. <laughs> yes. So, uh, very, very clever, uh, very clever integration into the, into the story. The other thing that I thought was very, and very clever, and they do it through all three stories, including, um, Mooncatcher, there is the obvious everyone on Alpha knows, except <laughs> Commander Koenig. <laughs> well, he those two are in love. He's not very smart in those sort of matters. Well, he says that in Mooncatcher. You know, he's, yeah. you know, I think Helena says, yeah, well, you know, Sandra and, and Paul are in love. And Koenig goes, they are? She goes, yeah, everyone mm -hmm. knows. And he goes, yeah, I'm not too good at that sort of thing. She goes, I know. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, for no foreshadowing there. Whoa, yeah. Koenig, did you did that one go right over your head too? <laughs> yep. Apparently so. So uh, I, I have a feeling know. that because the the Xantor mind link is is wearing off or is worn off, that there'll probably be other moments between Helena and Koenig. Oh, but the, don't they beautifully diffuse that at the end of this, where uh, you know. She says something like, uh, Koenig says, maybe, 
maybe he intentionally let you go. And referencing something that Koenig said earlier, when, when she, when she said, I'm, I'm going to go, Mm -hmm. Koenig says, but I need your permission. And he says, I can't let you go, but you have my permission. Right. Yeah. And then at the end where he's saying, maybe he let you go. And, and she goes, but you can't. And he <laughs> goes, oh, you remember that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and sh I think she's trying to move in for a moment right then. And then Koenig says something about, well, you know, I was saving for Alpha for the technical proficiency of the command operations of the base. And she's like, yeah, way to kill the moment there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, that's just taking it right off the edge of this moment. We're, we're <laughs> done here. Have a good day, Commander. <laughs> yeah, but it's that very scene that I think that's that definitely leaves it open to the writers that, you know, they've, they've got permission to play here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely. Which is fine. Yeah. And I didn't have any problem, honestly, I didn't have any problem with the the, the budding romance between Koenig and Dr. Russell in mm -hmm. in series two of Space 1999. I mean, in the in the first series, they started off very antagonistic to one another, and and Koenig, you know, they kind of warmed up to each, but but nowhere near to the level they were in season two. My problem with with season two was, you know, episodes like can't remember the name, but the one with the androids that they want to get oh, Koenig yeah. jealous. And oh, yeah. to do that, yeah. one of them dances with Dr. Russell and Koenig is just like practically pressing his nails through his flesh. He's like, I can't stand seeing her dancing with that completely emotionless I, that, automated machine. Ah, oh, ah, Tony, stop me. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> it's like, wow. Did they like shoot him with a mind ray or maybe they it's drugged like, him or something? Wow. It's like a big vibrator, Koenig. It's not a person. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It would have been great if Helena would have said that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, still you know, upset and jealous. When, when they got to the Ooh. point where Koenig oh, wow. couldn't function as a human being yeah. because of his emotions to Helena, mm -hmm. and in, in that way, not this way. You can see he's broken up about this. He does not like it, but he is going to do... He's he's capable of moving beyond it and realizing that she's her own person and there you go. She wants to go, she she can go. I can't I I can't force her to stay. Now, admittedly, maybe maybe he could have tried a little harder. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, John, we know how much you care for her. Everybody knows how much you care for her. What? <laughs> it's like go to her, talk to her, you know, tell her how you feel. Mm -hmm. Ask her to stay. I mean, he he does not make the case. He does not do it. And I think, in a way, it's it's consistent with his character, right? I don't I don't have the right to try to put the obligation on her and make this decision harder for my own selfish needs. Right. But as I said, yeah, it, you know, he realizes that she's her own person, yeah. and she has to make the decision. He is, you know. If anything, the more he tries, the worse it's going to be, you know, and both of them will leave on, you know, with a bitter taste in their mouth. So, and they also, you know, while Helena's under the, let's call it the influence, there you um, go. she does make the, com you know, she makes the comment. I think we missed our moment, John, because, you know, now there's Xantor. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. But, but she also says, you know, our, our situation 
is difficult because what if we wake up on the wrong side of the bed during a crisis? It's like, all right, well, it's not wrong. And and that's uh-huh. one of the reasons why such things are often frowned upon in the workplace. Right, right. Or you'll start making exceptions for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, a slippery slope. Yes. Yeah. And, and which is a logical fallacy, but at the same time, well, it's not necessarily. It was uh, a convenient name. One would. Eat. It's a People it's would, a thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there are there are problems associated with people's emotions getting in the way of what, you know, whether or not he's making a bad decision because of her or he's making a bad decision because they've been having a fight over the coffee in the morning. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, it is switching back to Mooncatcher for a second though. This mm-hmm. is, uh, I don't know how long ago, I don't know how long earthbound occurs after Mooncatcher. They don't give us a number, but Mooncatcher is August of 2020. So that's 11 months after they left Moonbase right. Alpha and the first baby is born. Do the math. That's a post-Earth departure baby. Yeah. My question is, is there going to be a post-departure boom? Right? Just like there was a post, there was a post-9-11 baby boom. <laughs> and there was a post-World War II boom. And, you know, there are, when, when there are crises, people tend to, um, let's use the term cling together. Um, yeah. But... Yeah. Um, you know, and they're, they're they're now trying to reassemble a new life in a new world. I, I'm I'm wondering if you know there might not be well, another it, it, 12, 13 buns in the oven there, right? On it, Alpha it might very well be something that uh, this could be the very first person that's uh, uh, been able to carry a child to term. Could be that. Could be that. There could be problems. And you know, maybe this is you know I don't know what type of episode you could. Uh, create out of it but i mean what if you know the 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 uh the the crisis is that we simply have not enough resources to go around now that we have 30 extra people to feed i just hope they don't do alpha child <laughs> that was a terrible episode yeah uh, it's it not. interesting it would be interesting to to get some details on how because in the original series they did make uh, they did make several episodes. They said, we can't even have children because our resources are so perfectly balanced. Yeah. But, you know, we also know that this Moonbase Alpha could support a lot more people than it does when it was in Earth orbit. Mm-hmm. And is that because they also had a ton of food brought up every week? Or is that because, you know, or, or were they relatively self-sufficient and, you know, they evacuated a lot of people off Alpha before the... the I, I so maybe they could handle another one or 200 people. Yeah, it um, might very well be that their food production, their environmental support was was good enough that they could handle an excess. They just not been tasking the systems very hard. Yeah, we don't we don't have that yet. Um, uh, and, and then, you know, there's a story in the whole, oh, well, you can have a child and you can't. True. True. <laughs> we lost an Eagle Cruise and now there's two people that can be replaced. Yeah, We're yeah. going to have the baby lottery today. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Who wants a baby? <laughs> yeah. Who put in for it? Oh, did you get I drawn this year? Want... Yes. Do, do you have yeah. a, do you have a donor? Uh, he's like, no. <laughs> Alan, board <laughs> lot to volunteer. <laughs> like, Thanks, exactly. Alan. That's, that sounds like. We'll have it. computer come up with a perfect mate for you. Huh. Alan again. Huh. 
Who was who is main mission controller? Wait a minute. Exactly. <laughs> Alan. It's getting extra rations to Kano. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I, I did realize something about uh the computer is that I don't think it's a general purpose computer. I think for it to do something else, like I don't know, do voting or something like that, they have to actually like sit down and 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 do some major programming and possibly rewiring. That does sound <laughs> that, very much like the original computer on Moonbase. Exactly, Island. exactly. It's just because you know there weren't a lot of general general purpose computers, yeah, in existence back then, at least not publicly. So I, I just find that kind of humorous that uh, they're still carrying over the whole. Uh, There's also know. the line about uh, if for us to do the calculations, we'll have to devote all of computers time. Exactly. And we can't be on lookout for threats. Mm-hmm. The alpha. So it, right. it is, it is a very <laughs> old mainframe school kind of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I mean, the, the computer there. there is like a glorified programmable logic controller. It, Mm-hmm. controls the processes of, of Moonbase Alpha. Plus, it'll do a little physics math on the side if you coax it right. Maybe they can get hold of an alien computer. <laughs> that doesn't take over Alpha. Moonbase? Yes, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, well, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe a computer named Maya. Uh, or uh, There you, you know. go. I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed. Here was a perfect opportunity for Koenig to go. Well, I think it's become very clear that we need to keep security in the loop on our command decisions. So I am promoting head of security Tony Verdeshi up to the main mission crew. <laughs> and it might eventually have, happen. And then they could have gotten the same actor who's playing Alan Carter to play Tony Verdeshi as well. Oh, and, and really <laughs> con- continued to confuse us. Ah, yeah. yeah. Or it might have been Antoinette. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I, I think they're probably going to steer away from season two, space nineteen ninety nine, in probably every aspect. I but, hope so. I hope so. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree there. I think they could. I, I think they do fine with the cast they've got and, mm-hmm. and the direction they're going. I think they've, they've got that. Uh, another thing that that again with with Alpha with these people, these people being the writers at Big Finish. Mm-hmm thinking this thing through they're obviously thinking this thing through better a lot this this is i think they have more time to think about the episodes as they're writing them <laughs> well maybe maybe they do um sometimes you listen to their pitches you know they're like yeah they gave me the thing and said write this up you got two weeks i mean it's not like it doesn't sound oh, like really working okay. on these things for years i think when they get the commission and they get the idea that they that this, it's a relatively fast process i just think that they're I think they've got a different mindset for the care uh, of of the property that they're working on. That that you know they they care about the continuity, they care about the uh, uh, keeping the things going. But um, you know, in, and if you take a look at a you take a look at a nineteen seventies TV show, it's episodic, it doesn't have anything. And then you take a look at a modern, maybe a remake of said show, they usually uh, incorporate them in and kind of layer things throughout the season so that you know it's foreshadowing and, and whatnot i i love mm-hmm. the fact that they find that sanskrit artifact yeah there's a that plausible is. way why they get it here these aliens we had this you're humans we think this is human is that yours yes here you may have it 
That was a nice gesture on, on Xantor's part. And it ties in beautifully with the original series episode, Testament uh, of Arcadia. Oh, that's right. The, yeah. Where they found the planet that was possibly the planet that seeded life to earth mm -hmm. in the first place. And um, here there, there, there was always that there was a, that uh, moon base alpha has a destiny kind of theme that they would pop back to every once in a while, but they never did it very cohesively. Like uh, in, in uh, collision course, the, the queen of the planet is like, no, you've got this destiny elsewhere in the stars or when they went through the black sun and they met God yeah, or, <laughs> or whatever what, it was. And yeah. yeah, it's like all of this alpha has some sort of higher destiny. They're out there doing something. They're not just out there in space lost. There is something driving them. Yeah. And when you get to Testament of Arcadia, it would appear that what's driving them is the need for them to bring life back to the planet that originally seeded life to earth. And here we're, we're getting this. I think the, the, you know, the, the problem will be at least in Testament of Arcadia, they did the math and they said, we, we can't, we can't do it. Right. If we all evacuate to this planet, we'll die. Mm -hmm. we, we cannot grow the crops fast enough. We cannot get the food going fast enough. We will die. Um, right. And so, you know, the two steal some stuff and they go off and do it. And they'll probably die, yeah. but you, know, you never can tell. So I, I hope they avoid that pitfall in this because, uh, you know, once again, we go back to that planet with the, the big lizard creatures. They should have stayed there. Oh, yeah, that was a lovely place, except for the big lizard creatures. Except for but, the big lizards, but their lasers and stuff could take care of the big. They had yeah. the technology to deal with the big lizards. And yeah, they could have made short work of those guys. It's like if I were in Commander Koenig's place, I, I genuinely would go, you know, we, we may never pass another habitable planet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this one, the people are welcoming and we have the technology to survive down. We're done. We've got a planet. Yeah. Um, would be, it's not perfect, but <laughs> where are we going to get perfect? So, I mean, that one probably is the rarest misstep so far in the space 1999. Yeah. Is that one that's like, yeah, not, they needed something else to keep them away from that planet. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what it is, but they needed something else that, that they could walk away from it and go, yeah, we just couldn't have done it. We'd have died if we'd done it. For sure, we'd have died. Yeah, like finding out that there was uh, some... Uh, I don't know, background radiation or some strange mm. element or something like that that rendered actual humans sterile or something <clears> like that. Yeah. Something, exactly. something that they had to do that is like, damn, this was oh, close. Well, but... here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got anything else on Earthbound um, Journey's End? No, no. I'm, you know, this has been good so far. You know, looking forward to whatever else they're going to put out in the Space 1999 series. I don't know that I've seen an announcement of a volume three yet, so it could be could be a long time. But I, well, I hope they're they're plowing on. I mean, they're working up UFO now, so <laughs> that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be there for it. I'll definitely be there for it. Oh yeah, definitely. John, thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. And listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Fusion Patrol, we hope you'll consider supporting us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol or 
buymeacoffee.com slash Fusion Patrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently doing a special series on Season 2 of Babylon 5. There's over a decade of previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on our website or Twitter. You can also find some of our other works at SoundCloud.com slash Fusion Patrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.